well, here I am. And I've, I've had a lot of time to think about the Viking season so far uh, since, since we've been removed from the playoff loss against the Giants two nights ago. And uh, I was at the game. I was uh, at the game. Uh, my mom and I went. We had a really nice time. Um, it was a good game as far as like entertainment value goes. And we're really glad it wasn't a blowout. And now that we've had some time to reflect, let's just take a little bit deeper of a dive into what exactly went wrong, what the expectations were for the Vikings, and what on earth is possibly going to happen in the future. So let's just think about this rationally, right? Last year, around this time, KOC and Quasi, they said this year was going to be a competitive rebuild. And to their credit, that's exactly what it was. It was a competitive rebuild. And we did we expect a Super Bowl championship this year? No. Were expectations of that raised when we started nine and one or eight and one or whatever it was. Yeah, they were. And do you think that kind of swayed the Minnesotan idea of what we were really looking for this season or had the expectations grown a little bit too much for what we could really accomplish realistically? Yeah. But let's think about it this way. Kirk Cousins, no matter what you think of him personally or his playing ability, Kirk Cousins is not the reason why we lost that game. If we take a quick look at this game, first of all, as I pull up the stats here, Kirk Cousins, 31 for 39, 273 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. That is not a bad performance. That is a very good performance. Kirk Cousins, I believe, was the highest graded quarterback out of all of them. Maybe Dak Prescott beat him last night, but going into last night, Kirk Cousins was the highest graded quarterback out of all the quarterbacks that played on wildcard weekend. When you put up 24 points, that should realistically give you a 90% chance of winning the game. When you put up 24 points, you can't give up 31 points to a team that is not known for offense. You give up 31 points to the New York Giants. And I'm not saying the New York Giants are a bad team. They're they're a good team. But the issue is that the New York Giants don't have a single name brand wide receiver. They obviously have Saquon Barkley, but there are ways of stopping Saquon Barkley. And they have an inexperienced quarterback who rightfully, I mean, he's had a couple of years to develop now, but Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is very capable with his feet. We knew he was going to run. And the Giants just ran the ball all over on you. Let's look at these rushing stats. Daniel Jones, 17 carries, 78 yards. Uh, Saquon Barkley, 9 carries, 53 yards, 6-yard average on the runs for Saquon Barkley, 5 run averages on the runs for Daniel Jones. This is insane. The leading receiver on the Giants had 105 yards, and then the love was spread around in other places. But And then your leading receiver is... TJ Hawkinson, 129 yards with 10 catches, and Justin Jefferson only gets 47 yards. How the hell did the Giants' defense, well, we know the answer. They they triple-teamed him the whole night. So it's, and Kirk still found ways to get the ball down the field with all that pressure in his face. Garrett Bradbury came back, and he did a pretty good job. Garrett Bradbury toughed it out. He had that awful back injury that happened to him, and he toughed it out. But let's be honest here. 
Dak, there's only so much you can do. Even if you are a good center, like you're at Bradbury, who's coming off an injury. Dexter Lawrence, I almost said Dexter Loomis. Dexter Lawrence is the guy that they put you up against. Yeah, good luck. That'll be a challenge for anybody, even, even Jason Kelsey of the Eagles. Dexter Lawrence made Kirk's life hell all night. And on that last fourth and eight play, Dexter Lawrence got there. And the only option for Kirk left, because he couldn't step into any throw, was to check down to Hawkinson. So at the end of the day, the Vikings were going to win if they if they were able to stop Dexter Lawrence, and they couldn't. And the New York Giants put up 31 points. Vikings only put up 24. And the defense. Let's look at this defense, right? The defense, you, it's just it's inexcusable. Daniel Jones, by himself, had 301 passing yards. 301. Their wide receivers are not good. I mean, everybody's good there in the NFL, but they're not great wide receivers on the Giants. You had 301 pass yards? Saquon Barkley being a big chunk of them? Are you kidding me? You couldn't make a tackle to save your life, and now here we are, disappointed again. And as I walked out, I walked out of that stadium on, on Sunday night. I was thinking to myself, you know what? San Francisco, how do we even want? So if, if if our defense performed this bad against the Giants, imagine how bad it would have been next week against the 49ers, who have the, the God squad. You've got Brock Purdy, maybe the greatest rookie quarterback of all time, in a seventh-round draft pick at that, Mr. Irrelevant, and Mr. Anything But Irrelevant. You've got Christian McCaffrey, an A-tier running back, who also serves as a quarterback and a wide receiver for all we care. You've got Debo Samuel, Mr. Everything, and you've got the second-best tight end in the league, Travis Kelsey. Yeah, the 49ers would have absolutely destroyed us next week. Oh, okay, but the Vikings' offense is top 10. They could they could put up the points against the 49ers. Yeah, good luck against Joey Bosa. Your right tackle is out in Brian O'Neill. Good luck against Joey Bosa. And uh, Thibodeau... It is what it is. I think Ole Udo did a pretty good job, and Derisaw was Derisaw, obviously performing at an all-pro level. But it's just it's unfortunate when we have events like this happening. And I think we're all just a little bit disappointed because I think when you go 13-4, and four, there's a certain expectation of winning at least one playoff game. I think it was a major disappointment to not win one playoff game against a beatable team that you already beat three weeks ago. I think that losing to San Francisco would have been a lot more um, honorable, but I just think there was some sort of an expectation of if the Vikings were going to win the Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins as quarterback, it was going to be this year. And it's just, you could, you got to give the credit to KOC and to Kwesi. for a first year. How do you do it any better than that? I mean, unless Brian Dable goes and wins the Super Bowl. But how? How do you do it any better than that? Good for them. I hope. Moving on, we just got to think about the future now. Because Kirk, I think he only has one more year left on his contract. What happens when Kirk leaves? I personally believe that the Vikings, they're too good to take. So they're not going to get Caleb Williams next year unless they sell their soul of their future. They're not going to get Caleb Williams. They're not going to be able to make that trade with the Texans or the Bears or whoever gets that pick next year to get number one. The Vikings have to draft the Florida quarterback. They need to go get him 
so he can learn the system behind Kirk this next year. That way, after Kirk is done, the Florida quarterback, I feel awful for forgetting his name, Florida, all right, Florida Gators uh, QB. I, I feel so bad. Anthony Richardson. You got to go get Anthony Richardson. This kid has a lot of Mahomes tendencies. Yeah, he's got things to clean up, but they all do. Mahomes was picked like 10th overall. He, didn't, he wasn't no alpha omega that was going to go number one. And look at how Mahomes has turned out. Josh Allen wasn't picked right away. He was picked like sixth or seventh. You just, we need to come to the realization here that we need to bring in a rookie on a small scale contract right now. I'm pretty sure Brock Purdy's getting paid less than a million dollars right now. He might go win the Super Bowl. And yeah, there's bonuses obviously involved with this contract, but he might go win the Super Bowl getting paid less than a million dollars as Kirk sits over here and makes 30 million a year. That's insanity. You need to go get a quarterback that's on a rookie scale contract, especially now that we're going to go re-sign Justin Jefferson. Excuse, excuse me, not re-sign. We're going to go extend him for the foreseeable future. You got to sell your soul to keep Justin Jefferson here. So you may as well get a rookie quarterback with rookie money associated with it. Like, you have to accept the fact, yes, Kirk Cousins, his his ability, one of his greatest abilities is how high his floor is. If Kirk Cousins is your quarterback, you're not going to lose any more than eight games a year. You're going to win at least eight to nine games. You're not going to be awful. You're going to be mid. You're going to have an entertaining season. You're going to be in it till the end. But you've got to come to the realization that we just finished up with Kirk's fifth year as the starting quarterback of the Minnesota Vikings, and we reached the playoffs twice. And in those five years, we had Justin Jefferson for three years. We won one playoff game. One. That's it. Kirk has been with this team for a half decade. No, Kirk's not the problem. How much money we're paying him is. Kirk is a top 10 quarterback. I mean, he's probably number 10, but he's a top 10. He is good enough to lead your team, but he's just not worth the money. And now you got to think about Eric Kendricks and Harrison Smith and Dalvin Cook. And how are you going to make room? Because Dalvin is still capable. But Eric Kendricks and Harrison Smith and some of these other guys and Jordan Hicks, they're getting paid way too much. I'm sorry, but it's the truth. Like, they, they're they very smart players. They know what they want to do, but their bodies just can't physically do it anymore. Yes, I know Harrison Smith got six interceptions this season. But Kendricks, Kendricks just had a career worst year. We can't, Kendricks is not going to be on the team next year. And if he is, I'll be genuinely shocked. And as far as Dalvin Cook goes, yeah, Dalvin's great. He's a great role model for the community and all this other stuff. But Dalvin Cook has just paid way too much for an offense that doesn't revolve around him. That, and we shouldn't be paying running backs this much money. Like, realistically, Derrick Henry is the only running back in the NFL who you can treat like your cornerstone offensive player. And Alexander Madison, he's fine. And that other kid from, from not not a, not Kene Wangu, but the, the other one who we saw in preseason, he's good too. He could very much well be our running back one in a couple of years. But it's like, we just can't afford Dalvin Cook anymore. And I know he's a fan favorite, but we're just going to have to accept that. So you're going to have to get rid of, oh, now, now we've reached this massive elephant in the room, Adam Thielen. 
Adam Thielen will be a Vikings Ring of Honor member one day. He's had a couple of very memorable moments, obviously with with the catch down in New Orleans from Kirk that basically won us the game in overtime and sent us to the divisional round. And Adam Thielen had those had that one season where he started ten games and uh, that he started the season with ten straight games of hundred yards. But Adam Thielen, he's just he's just no longer he's not even a running back. He's excuse me, he's not he's not even wide receiver two anymore, let alone wide receiver one. KJ Osborne is better than him and. He's just way cheaper, and Adam Thielen is just—he's just making too much money for what he brings to the table. And he's good, but now that the offense centers around Jefferson, we don't have room for another highly paid wide receiver. So Thielen—he's got to go, and he's going to be a great Ring of Honor member. He's been great for the community, but he financially cannot be on the Vikings next year. So what do you do? Who do you draft? I've already said, well, you got to go draft Anthony Richardson with your 24th overall pick or whatever the heck it ends up being. But Richardson might only make it to the 20th overall spot. You might have to trade up with a uh, with the Detroit Lions of the world. You might have to trade up with one of these other teams to get to that number 18, number 16 spot to even think about getting Richardson. So, And if you do that, then you're going to need room for a younger wide receiver or a, a younger linebacker. Like we have needs. And I think Kwesi is capable of, of doing that. And the good news is that a lot of our young players were injured this year. So we're basically going to get a whole new draft class next year with, uh, with Lewis Seen coming back and Asamoah coming into full form and Cam Dantzler coming back and maybe having a career year. And now that we have Duke Shelley, one of the greatest practice squad additions ever in the history of the Vikings, the secondary has got great potential next year, but the secondary and the middle just has to get younger. It has to get younger. It has to get faster and it just has to get more capable. As far as that goes next year, guess what? Because you won your division, you have much harder opponents to face next year. Next year, we got to play the Bengals. We got to play the Bucks next year. We got to—I mean, we were always going to play the Bucks and the Chiefs, but we got to play a lot of these first-place teams next year, just like the Packers had to do this year. So, you're, if you're going to want to be competitive, you're going to have to get younger, and you're going to have to start the transition away from Kirk Cousins, because Kirk Cousins—I'm sorry for saying this—and I, I said it—if Kirk Cousins won us a Super Bowl, whether this year, last year, next year, 20 years from now, whatever it is, I would get a tattoo that says "You like that question mark." Kirk Cousins. I would because I was so confident that it wasn't going to happen. And if it did, I'd be more than happy to because it's a great quote. But Kirk Cousins, he had that good run middle of the season, Kirk O'Chains, you know. But towards the end of the season, Kirk O'Chains went away. Kirk Cousins came back. I would have loved to see Kirk O'Chains on Sunday night. You should have heard. You should have heard the ovation in the stadium that he got. During warmups, when the big board, when the camera went to him and Mullins, who were ready to walk out onto the field, that was one of the loudest ovations that I had ever heard in a football stadium before. And that, guess what? That was before, that was when there was only half the people in their seats able to see the, the video board. So could you imagine what that reaction would have been if it was a full stadium in there? But it's not Kirk's fault. Kirk is just... It's just so hard to, I think we're all just still in, my hangover of the Vikings loss is almost over. I'm ready to get over with it, but I, it's going to take a little bit longer. And the unfortunate thing is that the NHL playoffs don't start for another four months and the NBA playoffs don't start for another four months. So we don't really have any other playoffs to look forward to for a while, but uh, 
is it crazy to say that the Twins could realistically win more playoff games this year than the Vikings will next year? Is that crazy to think? Eh, whatever. As far as the rest of the playoffs go for the NFL, I really hope that the Cowboys are the NFC team that makes it to the Super Bowl, and I hope the Bills finally get over that Kansas City hump and they make it to the Super Bowl and then the Bills win the Super Bowl this year. Um, and also, I think the Kansas City fans are going to be outraged because the Bills are finally going to beat the, the, the Chiefs in the playoffs, but it's going to be at a neutral site. So the Chiefs fans are going to be like, oh, well, if it was in Kansas City, then we would have easily won. It's just like, yeah, okay, whatever. And as far as this weekend goes, with the Bengals playing the Bills, I think, and obviously, first, number one priority is DeMar Hamlin's health. Number one priority. And if he's not comfortable going there, that's absolutely up to him. We do not need, um, nobody needs to force it on him. But my bold prediction is that this weekend, DeMar Hamlin, because it was the game that he went down in was the Cincinnati uh, Buffalo game a couple weeks ago. I believe that this weekend, DeMar Hamlin will, and I'm only saying this because he traveled by, by himself. He's been released from the hospital in Buffalo. Uh, after he was released from the hospital, after he was transferred from Cincinnati. And he went and visited the uh, the Buffalo Bills training facility a few days ago. I believe that since he's looks like he's ready, health he's, he's healthily available to do it, I think DeMar Hamlin will do some sort of pregame or halftime announcement to the Bills crowd, or he will do the uh, where would you rather be than right here, right now, uh, pregame tradition for the, or he'll do the coin toss or whatever it is. But I, I predict that DeMar Hamlin will be at the uh, the Bills game versus the Bengals this weekend to show support. And uh, as far as that goes, I think we're just in for a, a good rest of the playoffs. And just want to remind you that the M Nation podcast is not sponsored financially by Coconut Red Bull. Coconut Red Bull is the elixir of life. Um, there's a lot of sugar in it, but other than that, Coconut Red Bull is love. Coconut Red Bull is life, and you should go buy some Coconut Red Bull. And other than that, um, yeah, I hope you've enjoyed listening to M Nation on this amazing – I'm going to try to get this posted on Wednesday. And we will speak again very, very soon.